On the go with Hopscotch Air, I'm Andrew Schwartz. With people again traveling, packing their bags, and looking to escape their homes, we'll introduce you to some great Northeast vacation destinations. Today, we talk with Mike Potenza, the Director of Marketing for the Lobster Pot Restaurant in Provincetown. Mike, thanks for joining us today. My pleasure. Thank you. So this is a historic restaurant. It is world known, globally known. You've been there about 50 years. Give us a little bit of background and history of the restaurant. Well, this is operated by the McNulty family who've been friends of mine since third grade. Uh, the executive chef, Tim, runs it with his brother, Sean. They took over through their mom, their sister works here. So this is a true family business. And we go back as a group way back. And it's an iconic destination and everybody recognizes our famous neon sign out front. It's been an, uh, you know, the subject of photography and art pieces as far back as we can remember. So it's a really iconic location, perfectly situated on Main Street in Provincetown, basically at the foot of McMillan Wharf. That's right. Everybody sees it when you come into town. So it's a great destination. Yes. Uh, obviously, the name is the Lobster Pot. So talk to us about the different dishes and some of the most popular ones you serve. Well, of course, we're all about the lobster. We must serve it well over a dozen different ways. We have our own lobster tanks here. We pump fresh seawater out of the ocean. We filtrate it in an all-natural filtration system, and we maintain the tanks here. So you can go anywhere from a simple basic lobster roll right on up into bouillabaisse and stews that are just fabulous. How has Provincetown changed over the five decades? Uh, you know, I visited it a number of times. It's a, it's a great location in the summer. I think it's a great location in the winter, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But how, how has the culture, if it has, changed at all? It's an interesting location because the more it changes, the more it stays the same. At its very core heart, it's still an old Portuguese fishing village with a bunch of boats right off, uh, right outside our window here where all the lobstermen and the fishermen do their thing. But it's also uh, a place of uh, artistic inspiration and a place of freedom. It's renowned throughout history, really, as a place where people could come and express themselves and be themselves. And it creates a certain vibe, a certain atmosphere that starts to permeate the air early in the spring and gets builds up right into July and August and carries through into what we call the shoulder season, which is basically after July and August, the off seasons. But it's a place of freedom and inclusion and inspiration. And it's just gets once you gets inside you, we call it the boomerang effect. Once you've been here, you always want to come back because there's something about it that you can't pinpoint. And it's also a beautiful location. It's great to watch the sunsets uh, because you're, you're, that area is you're facing away from the Boston Harbor. So it's, it's terrific to see the sun. Yes, uh, artists uh, you know, always talk about the special qualities of the light here. And uh, in this time of year, you can really see it especially. I mean, so sunsets are gorgeous all year long and you can go to a variety of spots where you can be you know, 10 feet from the water and see the sun drop right into the water. But this time of year, there's something even extra special about the quality of light, the positioning of the sun and all that. And this, there's a golden light that permeates the whole atmosphere starting around three o'clock in the afternoon. And of course, this is a location that is visited by uh, and has been occupied by famous celebrities over the years. Marlon Brando, Truman Capote. Uh, any famous celebrities walk into the restaurant from time to time? 
you know, a lot of them do actually, but they're so low key about it. And it's one of the things about working in these environments, the man sitting next to mm -hmm. you who hasn't had a shave in a week and is wearing a ripped t-shirt has a multi-million dollar yacht out there, or it's a celebrity who's got a baseball cap on and sunglasses and just wants to dip in and be himself and have a little privacy. But you'll never know who you're sitting next to when you're at the bar having a cocktail before you eat or when you're the next table over. It could be a captain of industry, a captain of entertainment, or it could be just a guy from around the corner with his family. Um, talk to me about what COVID has done to the business and how you're starting to recover from COVID because it's really a pandemic that has has impacted two seasons. You know, you thought we could get through it in one. We kind of it kind of lingered into 2021. Yes, it's uh, been quite a challenge, particularly in the service type of industries where you have to work directly with the public in short order. Um, initially, you know, there was so much confusion and we just decided to carve our own path and do what was right for our customers and our staff. So we set up protocols and went through a whole bunch of changes, particularly last year. And we were expecting to migrate away from those a little bit, at least this year. And we started to, but then things started to rear their ugly heads once again, and we had to you know, tighten back up. But basically it's presented a challenge in that you wanna be hospitable to people. We are a service industry, but we also have to be respectful of the laws, the climate and, and protecting our staff and our guests. So there have been a lot of challenges associated with that, but we've been very lucky that our staff has been 100% cooperative. Everybody dug in, did what needed to be done, and we stood our ground when it got a little shaky. And that's what mm -hmm. got us through. And you're coming back now, this summer has seen a resurgence? Uh, actually, we have indeed. And we've also seen a, a lot more acceptance of the conditions by the public. And by that, I mean, there's a lot less, you know, grinding against people who maybe don't want to wear a mask, for example, or are against, you know, the regulations. The rules are in place for a reason. We enforce them to the umpteenth degree, but we use kindness and sympathy and understanding as a way to sort of massage that so people can feel comfortable because everybody's in the same boat. We're just trying to make it so that people can enjoy their time with us as much as possible. Of course, Provincetown and the Hall Cape is thought of as a summer only destination. I've been there a number of times in February. Uh, it's a beautiful location. Can you talk about some of the things people can do in the winter? Well, we're a, uh, a destination of nature also, let's call it that. So there are beautiful walking trails, miles and miles of beaches that you can walk. And in the wintertime, it's particularly interesting because they're so isolated and so quiet that you really can gather your thoughts and you can really be on your own if you choose to be. But thing, there's still attractions available. Like, for example, we have the Pilgrim Monument here, which is the mm -hmm. tallest all granite structure in the United States, as I know. And basically, you know, you can't go into the museum or up to the tower, but it, it's always a different view. The lighting, like we talked about before. So you can just simply walk around and observe a lot. And if you're more active, like I said, you can hit the bicycle trails and all that sort of thing. So it's a lot of nature type of attractions, if you want to call it that, that take over in the off season. And we should note, if I'm correct, the Pilgrims actually landed in Provincetown first. Yes, it's a common misconception that they started off in Plymouth, but they landed in Provincetown Harbor and, you know, basically made excursions along the shore. And if you move out of Provincetown into Truro, there are also the next town over. There are also spots where there are historically significant weight. For example, the pond we skated on as kids was where the Pilgrims drank their first fresh water in the New World. Wow, that's, so that's incredible. 
yeah, it kind of puts a little context into it. Like, you know, X amount of years ago, the pilgrims were here and now we're here skating around having hot chocolate. <laughs> uh, you're just a few miles off the coast of Boston. In fact, you could see it from, from Boston. If you land at Logan Airport, you could pretty much see Provincetown. Uh, there is an airport in Provincetown, PBC. Uh, there's a number of ways you can get to that destination. Um, you know, describe to me how you think most people travel to Provincetown and the best ways to get there. Well, obviously the airport is the way to go. Approximately 20 minute flight from Boston. You fly little smaller planes, prop planes with Cape Air as our vendor. And right. uh, they've been at it a long time and they do an outstanding job. The airport is a, uh, a model facility, even though it's small, it's extremely well maintained and monitored and taken care of to the umpteenth degree. So we're very proud of it actually. So obviously the air is the way to go. Uh, secondary, the ferries run across from Boston and I'm not sure the timing of them. They have a fast ferry, which is an accelerated pace, of course, and then the regular ferry system. But that's a beautiful way to come visit as well because you take the nice ride across the harbor and you get to soak up some sun and you know, basically begin your Cape Cod experience as soon as the boat pushes away from the dock on the other side. And you don't need a car when you're here. This is primarily a walking town. So, you know, you dump the car, you jump on the boat or the plane, you zip across and you're here and you don't have to worry about a thing until it's time to go. Yeah. And if you land at the airport, there's transportation. The airport's not in directly in the city. And so there is transportation from the airport. It's very easy to get into town. Yes, it is. Uh, um, there are taxis and uh, Ubers and things like that now. And uh, it's really only a, maybe a five minute ride, if that, to the airport from the center of town. So once you arrive, you're not on a 20 minute cab ride and you're not stuck in traffic and you're not going through any of that kind of nonsense. You just, you know, jump, park your plane or get off the flight and make your way <laughs> and make your way. Uh Talk, um, if people want to learn more about the lobster pot, obviously people should go and experience it for themselves. But if they're planning a trip, uh, what, what areas can they look at to learn more information about the restaurant? We're super easy to find online. We have a very dynamic presence on Facebook. We have our lobster pot website, which is at ptownlobsterpot.com. And we maintain those sites and keep that going all year round. So we maintain the experience for people even when they're not here. I get tons of email and messages and such saying, oh, you're teasing me with the pictures of your beautiful food. And uh, we like to think that we feed eyes first. So we're always kind of pushing it along. And if you can actually come and experience it at that moment, at least you can soak it in a little bit until you can come and sit with us. <laughs> Fantastic. Uh, thank you very much. Mike Potenza, the Director of Marketing for the Lobster Pot Restaurant in Provincetown. I'm Andrew Schmertz. That's On The Go with Hopscotch Share. Thank you, Mike.